Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, but not from last week, I'm Brad um, and I'm joined by Stu. And I've messed up the order, so I'm just going to say the world could be a miserable place. It really, really is at the moment. I don't think I've got time to list what's going wrong with this current world, um, all the nastiness that's going on and everything. So we're here to bring you a bit of joy and a bit of light. So please tell me, how are you, Stu? I'm very good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Yeah, everything's proceeding according to plan at the moment, and you can't really ask for much more than that. And we're having a blind date soon as we well. We are. I know. Can't wait for that. Well, it's not a blind. <laughs> well, it's a, for me, it's a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like that, you know, yeah. the dream team, where, where that film with Michael Keaton where he goes out with the nutters for a day. Oh, I love that film. I, I, it's probably, like, really bad and it's probably aged terribly, but I really like that film. I enjoyed it. It had heart. Yeah, it's got Christopher Lloyd in it as well. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yes, yes, I really like that. Yeah, I'm going to try and dig that out and watch that. Definitely do it. But yeah, no, we're we're alluding to the fact we're we're going to the same uh, Liverpool women's derby in September, which should be cool. I assume that's what you're referring to, not me like stalking around your house or vice versa. I'm, I'm in your other room with just my pants on, so, you know. Oh, God, I knew it. But no, yeah, we're taking a trip up to Liverpool um, for the Merseyside, women's Merseyside derby, which has been held at Anfield. And yeah, we've got, Shoe's got tickets to the game, as have we. Excellent. And how much did your tickets cost in total? I bet it was a fortune, Stu. <laughs> it was the massive, massive price of £7 each. We paid £14, £16 in total for four of us. That's fantastic. In fact, we've got three games lined up. Up until Liverpool so far, so we're going to see West Ham at the weekend. Liverpool West Ham at the weekend in a pre-season friendly in Leicester. Don't ask. Then we're going to watch the opening game of the season, which is in Reading at Reading's proper stadium, the Majeski or whatever it's called these days. And then we've got the Merseyside derby. Right. So Lucas is coming to two of those and not coming to one of them. So for eleven tickets to see three games of women's football, it's costing less than the cost of one ticket to see a men's game that's ridiculous yeah. I know I we the last game that we went to me and my wife who were going to be coming to this one was to watch Chester my local team play about 10 years ago yeah. and that was 14 quid each to watch Chester do you know it's what like I mean that's 25 that's quid to crazy. watch South End it's like that's South End Oof. Oof. Uh, with the uh, with Rough. the Rose West stand did you see that story? <laughs> Saw about that, yeah. <laughs> um, where Low works, um, there's uh, one of the groundskeepers for South End works with her as well as a like as a second job. And um, he was like, she went and started winding him up about it. And he just went, "Don't we all knew? We all knew what was coming." Uh, but yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, that's just as uh, yeah, I, I I love I love it. I would have kept it personally. <laughs> just lean into yeah. it yeah. Um, I did like the it's got like a, a 2000 seat capacity and room for another 1100 underneath <laughs> yeah that one was going begging yeah. <laughs> so it's a good one uh, <laughs> anyway away from the joy and delight that <laughs> is Fred on. and Rose West uh, <laughs> someone yeah. said Go- google someone, it if you don't know who they <laughs> are someone said right watch Southend make the mistake of getting rid of that as a sponsor and then getting Betfred in to do it But anyway, uh, what else is like serial killers? Games are like serial killers. 
No, I don't know. It's been a week. Yeah. Um, what have you been playing, Stu? <laughs> Only one this week. Uh, a couple. I, I played Phase Shift, but it's not really worth talking about because you went into it in great detail. That's the, I didn't really the roll cage stroke uh, thingy, like isn't it? Uh, wipeout style type thing. Yeah, yeah. Tron. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was all right, but I don't know. I, I wasn't very impressed with. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with the sense of speed. It didn't really feel very fast. I, I, unless I've missed it, I couldn't see how to change view as well. Like you can push the view out with the stick, but you have to like whenever you let go of it, it goes back to default. I can't, can't and, remember. Uh, no, but I have to. Play yeah, it. and yeah, it's ran run like a dog on my computer, which is pretty powerful. Oh, it's so a shame because it was it wasn't running badly when I first played it. And well, I think I said about it. I said like there's a lot of work to do, but there's potential there. Uh, is it out out now or yeah. is it still early access it's still early access but I think it's been in early access since 2019 or something so I don't know who knows but anyway that's not what I was here to talk about I was actually going to mention Rollerdrome which is a third person action skating game that's not something you get to say very often that's done in a sort of cell shaded style but isn't jet set radio so it's basically you skate around and you also have to shoot people boiling it down to its absolute smallest possible component and it's a gorgeous looking game looks a bit like sable which came out not that long ago it's done in that yeah mobius style um the developer there's a great developer interview that's only short but quite insightful it's uh the developer is is french and he said yeah mobius and and herge were, were his influences and it's really fast paced you've got all the sorts of controls you'd expect for doing flips and tricks and all the usual kind of guff with these kinds of sports games but it's also a bit like murder sport mm. <laughs> you know like uh like uh speedball yes. sorry my brain's terrible today because I'm, I'm overtired um yeah so it's uh, you have to shoot competitors at the same time and it's got a lot of really clever ways of mixing the two you reload your weaponry by doing tricks and yeah it's very very clever it it works and it's fun but it it for me it misses out on being brilliant and I'm not sure if you could get it over the lines brilliant without serious rework because there's so many controls and it's so difficult to keep everything in mind especially as there's a slow-mo function for when you're shooting so there's you know keeping all of your inventory of, of weaponry in mind how to do the tricks when to do them when to evade what sort of style you need to pull off where you are physically in the arena the the inertia of your roller skates the fact that you can't turn quickly because anyone who's going roller skates you'll know turning is not an easy proposition but you just skate forward um, until you go into the barrier surely basically yeah. you go forward until you either fall on your ass, fall on your face or hit another object that's basically how I did it and um, yeah it replicates that sensation pretty well so it, it but you, when you get into the flow when it clicks and it clicks like several times per match I would say and the matches last about well about 8 minutes for me because I'm rubbish but they're supposed to be about three but um yeah it clicks two or three times and you're there pulling off great shots and the timing's perfect and your trick was good and you're doing it quickly at the same time but there's also other stuff like there's 
tokens around the level to collect. There's a whole thing about achieving certain milestones to progress. Now you can tweak all of this, turn stuff on and off so that it's not an impediment. So if you don't want to have, oh, you have to do X number of things to get to the next level, you can turn that off. If you don't, if you want invincibility so you can just focus on, you know, your score, you can do that, etc., etc. So it's very accessible and you can make it the game you want. I don't think it quite makes it into into the brilliant camp, like I say, but it's definitely the best thing of its type, really, since Jet Set Radio Future, and it, it's better than a lot of those sport combat games as well. So, one thing I still don't have a chance to play this. I know you gifted it to me, but uh, I really, I really thank you for that, by the way. Um, totally unexpected. Um, I pleasure. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it because the visuals of it strike me as I need my eyes to be a bit more healed than what they are to get to get anything from it because it's got a very like a pastel type effect to it, um, which means yeah. there's no it needs a high contrast. We'll come to high contrast later for me possibly to get yeah. the best from it. Anyway, I thought this was a multiplayer game at its heart with a single player component. It's not, is it? It's a pure single player game, isn't it? Yeah, certainly for the moment. There's a locked option that I can't get to that may be multiplayer, but I don't think it is. And I'm similarly thought... Like, I watched a, a you know a, a, an advert for it months ago, put it on my wish list, and I thought that it had at least... I knew that it had a single-player component, but I thought it was probably weighted in favour of being multiplayer. But it's actually very well constructed as a single-player, um, certainly so far, because it, it has... It, it teleports in the enemies during the level and their abilities and the timings of their shooting or dropping mines or firing rockets at you or whatever is really good it's it, they've done it really cleverly so that you have to mix up what you do so it's not just okay we're chucking in a load of bots and that's you know that's your single player component and really you need to go online to get the most of it no it's not like that at all it's actually got a really well tailored single player experience yeah i mean it doesn't it shouldn't shock me. Um, everything I've seen about it, the inertia of it all and the way you've got to do all the tricks that you said, like, it might take a little while to get used to or a long while to get used to, sort of balancing it all with the shooting mechanics or everything. But it shouldn't surprise me that it's it's all competent at the very least. Um, and I won't comment on whether I think it's brilliant or anything yet because, I say, I've not had a chance to sort of really play it. But this is from the same developers behind the Oli Oli games and um, Not a Hero. Um, and the inertia and the way if it flows together in all those games they've done before are all oh, just absolutely sublime. Um, and Roll7 also done uh, a free-to-play... Uh, a free-to-play uh, action game uh, called it called laser laser i want to say laser league or something like that which oh, yeah. again it didn't mm -hmm. take the world by storm but it was very very competent at what it did and it uh it shows again they know how to do like arena based stuff so i think they've got sort of like they everything sort of built towards this and from what i've seen of it and what i'm glad it seems to be more like now is it's a spiritual successor to the jet set radio games mechanics not a spiritual successor to jet set radio but to the mechanics which i think have never been tried properly since jet set uh radio future yeah yeah it has got a, a good few elements of that in it um 
I, I don't trust myself with judging it a little bit because because it's got a similar sort of comic style. I mean, the styles of them are different, but they're both comic styled. Yeah. Um, it's very easy for my, my brain to go straight to Jet Set Radio. And also there are very few skating games and very few where you're doing it in skate parks. So it's hard to hard to know, but there's a there's got to be a big influence there. But it really does take it forward. Like you have to you know the the tricks you have to like you have to really think about them and how you're blending that in whereas you know with jet set radio it kind of separates very much the traversal from the the spraying part um but yeah no it's it's close enough and i uh, yeah i it's it's really strange because it sounds like i've just been negative but it's really good i it really if you like any of that kind of motion where you know that you've you've got to get small directional changes right when you're going forward because it because you're on skates and they are very difficult to to operate if you like that and you want to challenge yourself with that then it's really worth a go i'd say and it looks amazing and it's got this great you know 70s style it's got an intro tune that sounds like it's from clockwork orange it's got the same type of font you know the big chunky fonts um in the 70s style bubble font and it just yeah very very reminiscent of like 70s dystopian sci-fi so yeah it's it's worth picking up and i've seen some of the videos like for the uh intros and stuff like that and it's got a pretty much it, it's like that proper 70s 80s cartoon and anime feel um i i all i keep getting from like the opening cartoon or the cartoons uh videos i've seen is like speed racer mixed with like other sort of 80s animes a mask um i'm getting those sort of vibes okay. is are those sort of like anime style videos interlaced throughout the game or is it just like promotional stuff uh i think that's just promotional i've not seen oh. i've not seen that in the game oh. um, there's some brief first person bits uh when you're looking around the the you know the locker room and everything but it's only brief just to give you a taste of the world outside of the arenas and it only lasts a few few seconds to a minute and then you're into the game oh, i'm hoping this breeds a sequel and stuff because the animation that you see the promo animation is just amazing i want more of that well yeah it's it's a it is a lovely game i mean i'm i'm those things might be in there somewhere but irrespective it's definitely a gorgeous thing to look at yeah and runs really, really well on oh. the deck. Yes, that's what I say. That's 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 the thing that pretty much sold me on it. Where people, went, yeah, it runs well on the deck. I was like, oh, <laughs> don't do this to me. I've got, I had no money. I've got, I've got a bloody backlog coming out of my ass at the moment, um, and I've just got like just so much to play. But yeah, as soon as my eyes are able to cope with it, I'm gonna boot this one up. Yeah, what? Well, I'll, um, I'll have a look at the accessibility options as well and just see how good they are. Yeah. Yes. When you're please do that'd be yeah, really cool. When you're talking about your your next game. So, the game I'm gonna talk about to start with is one I've been sitting on for about two weeks now, um, and I've been wanting to talk about this, and that is Curse to Golf, um, which is a golf-based roguelike set in Purgatory. Um, and yeah it does what it says on the tin it's a roguelike game with golf mechanics set in purgatory 
Um, and you play this world-renowned golf champion um, who dies at the end of a championship on the 18th hole when they are about to win the golfing tournament. They are then sent down to purgatory and get given the chance to play their way out of purgatory and back to either heaven or or to the real world. I can't remember which it is in all fairness. Um, and you get this stereotypical Scottish um, ghost golfer who talks you through the mechanics and this, oh, this is how you play it. And you've got a certain amount of uh, goes to get through the entire 18 holes. Um, otherwise, you die. Uh, but because it's purgatory, you start again because you are cursed to golf. Um, you see, very clever. See what they did the, there, the, yeah. The yeah. I don't think they actually say the name of the game. I like it when something does that. Always the worst when someone says the name of the game or the name of the film in the actual product that's that's on. Um, yeah. But yeah, really good. Uh, golf mechanics are nice and simple. It's gone for that traditional power bar option then you choose your angle um you get to add added spin mechanics and basically you get x amount of shots to get out of each hole but you can hit things like idols and if you smash an idol you get extra shots you've got some idols that are more difficult to reach and they'll give you more extra shots some are a bit easier but they'll give you less shots you get things called ace cards as well which will give you advantages so you could add to you might be ah oh, i've got two really close but i've only got one shot and i know it's going to take two so you might have an ace card that gives you an extra shot you can get a practice card which will allow you to test a shot and see if it works before they're actually doing it oh, properly. Um, you get things to blow up. like There's things like TNT in the way. Um, sometimes the TNT can be useful for you. Other times it's going to be a hindrance. So it's a card that you can use to blow it up. And obviously all your cards mixed with your golfing skills and everything, gaining the extra shots will get you to the end of the hole. Um, and you, get, you earn money throughout. You can use that money to pay for extra cards and so on and all that stuff as well. Um, so it's, it's layered. What I really like about this is that it is a roguelike, but it doesn't feel as random as any other roguelike. So even the best, like your Hades, your Binding of Isaac and um, um, Spelunkies, uh, all games like that, it doesn't feel as random as those. The, the, I think the holes are all custom-made holes. There's like like 80 plus or something like that in total but you get a random generation of which of those holes will be there but i believe all the holes are like purpose made so you're not gonna get a one that's like put it together and then you're gonna get like a bullshit style area we go well clearly not gonna get through that even with all the help you can every mistake you make you learn from um I, i've not got out of purgatory yet but a feel that I'm learning as I play. And that's a good roguelike for me, where you're not just relying on upgrades, you're relying on your, you're relying on your knowledge of the holes. Um, and it just plays really, really well. Really good pick-up-and-play game. Um, and just one thing to point out, the character in it has no gender whatsoever. Right. Referred to as they, at no point are they gendered. And nothing, no, no attention is brought to it at all just it's the golfer nice um, so fair play well done on that definitely 
Excellent. Yeah. Now I've um I've kind of had my eye on this one. I don't. I'm not like mad on golf games, but I'm not averse to them. Like if it's a good one, then I'll go for it. It's like everybody's golf is just like so peerless to me. It's just nothing else kind of yeah. comes close. But uh, it, it definitely sounds like one to to have a go on. Is it? Does it work well on the deck as well? Oh god, yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh god, yeah. It's all I've played it on. Nice. Um, it's a little bit talky at the start. I will say that. Um, it's not just pick up, go straight in and play. There's a little bit of um, exposition that goes on and stuff like that. But afterwards, then, yeah, you just go through and play it. Um, so I, I would set aside a good half hour or so, first time round, just to get through all the opening stuff. Right, cool, yeah. Um, and you can stop at any point and it'll just save exactly where you are nice nice good good no i like it when you kind of know that you need to set aside you know a good bit of time to get into it i mean you know automatically with all rpgs that you need to put aside a couple of hours to when you start the game mostly just to get to the first save point but yeah i like it when you find out with other games other different types of games that you need to put aside some time to get going yeah yeah, because roguelikes, you don't expect it. You expect just almost just to go in and play. Yeah. So next up from me is a game I thought I would absolutely adore, but I've not made my mind up yet. Um, and that's Arcade Paradise, which is from um, those Nosebleed Interactive and is uh, published by Wired and it's been getting a bit of attention over the uh, the last few months. It's uh, set in the, I want to say, the 90s. Uh, yeah, the 90s, I would say, the aesthetics from. Yeah. And basically, you play this character called Ashley who is a, uh, uh, a child of a laundrette owner who works in the laundrette, but they don't want to work in the laundrette they 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 want to play games and they want to build their own arcade so guess what you as them go and start building this arcade um and it's uh like so you go in you you have to do all the jobs in the uh in the laundrette like you have to unblock the toilet you have to load the washing machines dry the clothes etc etc keep the rubbish picked up and everything and you know what it's all it's all well and good and it's okay in places uh, but you could go in and you could like, oh, there's this one arcade machine in there. And you get to play that arcade machine. And then you that's where you kind of go, oh, now I will actually build my own arcade. And you get more arcade machines that you've got all the playable games on it. Um, now, the problem I've got with this game is I don't care about the story at all. I don't care about the, the 3D walking around life sim stuff that's going yeah. on one little bit just give me the games yeah. um there's like well i can't remember what the actual game's called but there's like it's a puzzle game a match free puzzle game and i just spent my entire time playing that i just did not care about anything else i went oh, i'll just play that and a few of the other ones i've played there's like 30 odd games you could choose from to play um all arcade style and if someone had said look here's a mixtape of indie style games have at it i would have gone yeah all over that i was all i'm all over it but not because of the whole game in itself i really just don't give a flying rats about most of the game all i care about is playing the the retro 
inspired games. They're all based off something, for example. So you'll play a lot of them and recognise some older games that have already existed. So, you know, they are very influenced and homages and rip-offs. Yeah. Um, and it's got a lovely soundtrack and it's just a, an homage to the 90s era gaming. And it's, you know, don't get me wrong, the 3D side of it, the, like the working in launch, it's got some lovely touches. It's like, it's really well put together. You get like, you've got this like Apple Newton style PDA uh, that you use to sort of like navigate the menus, which is a shame because I can't see it when my eyes are bad. Ha- at least have an option of a normal menu, please, developers. Yeah. If you're going to have a fancy menu, have a normal version as a backup, yeah. please. Yeah. It's all I ask with stuff like that another accessibility setting yep uh but but i mean i i, I feel bad going hard on the oh i don't like this bit and i don't care because so much love and attention has been put into it um and it's clear the developers care about what they've done and it's not bad honestly i if this was a game on its own the life sim stuff and it was just the monotony of working in a laundrette Oh, God, do you know what? It's a really cool, good idea for a game. It works. It works as a game on its own. But when I've got that carrot of there's these cool little mini arcade games that I can play, I don't care about that stuff and I just want to play them. Yeah. Um, so what this is missing for me, and I might you might get it at the end and stuff like that, I don't... I've bought the game. Give me the option just to have access to all the little mini games. Just give me that option, because that's all I want. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not your vision for the game, but for me, when you're taking all these little bits, my ADHD brain's going, but I don't want to do that. I, if I was in real life, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that. I would not want to just be doing like the the the, uh, the busy work when there's an arcade machine that I can play. Um, so in a game, I don't want to do it, because I want to play the games in the game. Yeah. And it's... Um, you know, Lord Mowing Simulator, Power Simulator, don't get me wrong, great. But if they put a bunch of little, like, 30-odd arcade games inside those, I'd be like, well, I don't want to do the Power Washing. I want to go and play the Power Washing retro arcade game that's in the Power Washing game. And that's kind of the vibe I get, um, that there's two different ideas that don't quite come together well, but both are brilliant. That's a really good way of expressing it, yeah. I think there's that thing of No More Heroes where they worked out exactly what they thought was the ideal length of time to do a repetitive game and it was like three minutes or something um and after that you're totally bored but at least there's action in that and yeah you can kind of jump in and jump out but if you go in between simple games and the traversal or you know the open world sort of stuff is is a bit dull that that's a real dampener isn't it yeah it'd be nice if they had an, an option to fast forward that or skip it completely yeah, as I say, it's not dull. It works, but just not in the context of I just want to play these games. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that's wrong with it. Honestly, it's this is like you with Roller Drome. I don't want to sound like I'm pissing on its chips or anything like that because it's brilliant. All elements of this are brilliant. It's just for me on a personal level. And an ADA, with the ADHD, I don't want the busy work in a game where I don't have to do busy work to play the little games. I put off busy work in real life to play games. Um, right. So, you know. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's it, like, overall it's really good. And there's a lot of value there. Um, it just honestly, I think it depends on what sort of person you are as to what you will get from it. Yeah, sounds fair. Yeah, it doesn't sound like one I'd bother with. I, I um, it sounds a little bit like the lab, the VR game by Valve. Yeah, which is set in Aperture Labs, and you wander around the lab, but you go and play, do individual kind of style of, of, well, they're not all games, but they're interactive experiences. Some are games, and some are, some are less like games. Um, but they were like, in, you were in this really tightly packed lab, and it's literally like there's a table to one side of you, a table to the other, and going to one table will enter a game kind of thing there was no unless you really really wanted to there was no kind of wandering around um but it gave it a, a, a hub feel like a you know a kind of anchor point for you to do it but it, that wasn't really the game so yeah yeah mm. valve sounds like they they kind of mastered the idea uh, already on this and maybe should have taken a page out of that book yeah, I mean, I played one, if you remember, a good couple of years ago, and I'm really confident, it was, it was like an 80-set uh, game where it was a, like, it had a story to it, but it took you through playing loads of different retro games that you had to get through. So it'd be, one would be like a, a side-scrolling shooter, another was like a an outrun-style game in there, but in a, like, a neon aesthetic, and loads of other, like, like and the one was, like, an RPG that lasted about, like, two minutes and stuff. Wasn't, um... Uh, that, that worked. Yeah. Wasn't Not a Hero? No? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I just can't remember what it was called. Um, if I find out and you want to edit in later, you can interject. Um... But, yeah, it's that worked because it was like, right, okay, look, we're just going to take you, bang, 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 through these games with a slight story. And that worked for me. Now, I'm not saying that's what this should have been, but that took you through a reason to play them in the order that it did. Whereas this, I say, it's just got the games and I just want to play the games. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, it, it, it's good. It's good for what it is. The games are all good individually. Um, I don't think there's a dud in there. Um, some are better than the others. I said the life stuff worked well enough. Um, and I enjoyed that for what it was worth. Uh, but not when I've got the dangle of the games that I want to play. Yeah, that sounds totally fair to me. Yeah. So I've got one more. But if you've got anything you want to touch on before I do my last one? No. Oh, no, I'm going to save this one. I'm going to save this one and do it separate. Ignore me. <laughs> um, but I will just, before we do it, I will just say, so two I want to give a shout out to before we move on to our final discussion. One is Lost in Play, which I will do a write-up on, uh, which is a point-and-click adventure that is just, oh, my sweet, lovely, it's brilliant. Um, that's all I will say now. It's brilliant, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Um, get it, play it. It's got a very much that late, 2010s uh, animation style to it uh, like almost um, uh, Adventure Time-ish uh, in its animation style, it's a beautiful story uh, loads of lovely puzzles and just yeah, brilliant try it, I'll do a proper thing about that down the line and the other one just quickly to shout out one of my favourite games of all time has just released on its latest system and that is Don't Die Mr Robot has just come out on Steam. It runs perfectly on Steam Deck. It's addictive as hell and should come with a health warning because I would forget to eat and drink and breathe 
for that game. Um, so good. Playing. Do we know why it's taken so long? And it's less than a fiver. Do we know why it's taken so long? I don't know. No. Don't know. Don't forget, this first came out on the Vita. Exactly, yeah, it's ancient. Um, right? and I think it's Vita, PS4, I think there's an Xbox version, uh, the Switch version. I don't know if there's a mobile version. Um, but yeah, now it's come out on Steam, and it's even though it's not verified, perfect on the Steam Deck. Cool. Um, good stuff. A game that uses no battery whatsoever, I managed to run out the battery on the Steam Deck playing it. Because just one more go. Yeah. Excellent. But I'll talk about that more down the line because I only got that last night. Um, and it's so good. Nice. Um, but yeah. So, moving on, want to chat a little bit about accessibility in games. Um because I got a chance to play Spider-Man on PC and on Steam Deck. Um, so just to cover, it runs really well on Steam Deck. Spider-Man is a brilliant game. Uh, always has been, still is. You might get the odd bit of slowdown. I, I don't notice it, I don't care. Um, if you care about that stuff, look at a digital foundry or whatever. Uh, works absolutely fine for me. But what I want to talk about is... The accessibility of Spider-Man and why I think this is important and why Sony have a huge responsibility coming up. So what Spider-Man does, and I believe it's The Last of Us does it and a couple of other Sony games do it, is they've got loads of various accessibility options. Um, So some of the good ones are, do you want to skip the puzzles? They yeah, you can skip the puzzles. Brilliant for people who are like the neurodiverse, uh, ADHD, or you know people who with other learning disabilities who might struggle with puzzles. They could just skip them. Beautiful. Well done, Sony. Well done, Insomniac. That's the right thing to do. Have them there, but give people the option to skip them. Um, and for anyone that goes, well, that takes away from the uh, what the what the developers wanted and what was their true vision. You don't have to use it. Um, and if you want to use it and can't decide because you're getting frustrated maybe that's not the developer's true vision maybe there was something wrong with that puzzle but anyway yeah I use that for there's um, have you played Spider-Man? yeah and completed it yeah before Um, do you know like when you do the radio towers and you've got to match up the radio waves I do yeah but I can't see that I can yeah. see the radio waves, one of them, but I can't see what it's meant to be matching up to. Now, don't get me wrong, I could just move the sticks about and sometimes I get it. But other times, I could be there for probably an hour if I couldn't get it because I can't see it or I have to get someone to help me. I could just skip it. Well done, brilliant. And I get, I don't get punished for skipping. Um, you've got all those like lab puzzles and stuff like that. You can skip those if you want, but complete them. Uh, brilliant, well done. That's what's needed. Because, again, some people get frustrated at that. And because they're they're a neurodiverse person, they might go, well, I don't want to play the rest of the game now if they can't skip it. So skipping it, brilliant. Um, Loads of other little things in there that I've not used, but uh, brilliant for other people with other disabilities. Um, So absolutely brilliant. What's the one for me that I now want to see come to every game? And I can't, this is up to Sony or Insomniac, whoever developed this, to get this out there as a as a system that any developer can put into their games. And that's the co- high contrast mode. 
And what it does in Spider-Man re- remastered, I don't know if it does it in the original game um, or anything, because I played that when the back when I could see properly. Um, but in here, basically the high contrast mode is it turns all the backgrounds and all like the scenery and everything and the world into like this this grayscale type thing. Spider-Man, you can make a solid colour. And all the enemies or, or um, NPCs that are relevant, different colours. You can have, like, yellow enemies um, and you can have, like, green NPCs, um, like, um, like police are all in green. Um, you can make, like, Mary Jane-style characters um, a different colour. And basically, you can see exactly where they are on the screen, where you are on the screen and who's who. Because um, it's solid colour on a background. Um you get the choice of turning it on and off by you know, the press of a button, or you could just turn that off and have it on or off, whatever you want. So you don't accidentally do it if that's something you struggle with. Again, it might seem like a weird thing to have that as an option. You might go, oh, you just want it to be able to turn it on and off. But again, if you're someone who can use an analog stick but have, um, you know, a an issue with your hand so you might have like a, a, like instead of an actual hand you might have some form of stump and you can use the analog sticks but you're always brushing the uh directional pad with a part of your part of your hand then you're or you might constantly be turning it on and off and you don't want to do that so to have that minor option of turning having that option that you can turn it on and off by default or you can turn it on and off at will is again it's a lovely little touch and it's brilliant but this high contrast mode, I looked at it and went, this should be in every game. This should be in every single game. And I couldn't think of a game where it wouldn't work. Um, you know, if you put it in Smash Brothers, for example, there's no reason why you couldn't have, like, your character is in this solid blue um, and the other characters who are in it are in yellow and any little supporting characters are in a different colour. The background is this is this grayscale because um, you still get to see on the whole. It's not flat. You still get to see like if there's a like something you need to stand on. That's not taken away. So that should be in every game. Spelunky, you could do it. There's no reason why you couldn't do it. You could make all the platforms a certain color, the enemies a certain color, the character a certain color, and then grayscale the background. It can be done. Um, puzzle games you could do it with that as well if you need to um you know so you could sony show you could do it with spider-man with a massive 3d game with lots of movement so you know you could do it for any 3d game why not racing games why not have it that you can grayscale the environment and have the racing line really show up and the cars a solid color again this is not the way the game's designed because right? I know some people go, well, that's not how it's meant to look. It's going to take away from the artistry. Someone with a visual impairment isn't there for the artistry. They will not get the artistry because they can't. But the ability to play the game is more important than anything. And what Insomniac have done, what Sony have done with Spider-Man, and I believe, you know, especially like I think The Last of Us 2 and what they'll bring into the new Last of Us remaster remaster can you what's a, what's a second remaster called god knows that i don't even know what they're doing with it it look, just looks like the original one to me but yeah anyway uh whatever that is that's going to have all those options in it as well now 
this is Sony's chance for some good PR and to show they are willing to play ball with the rest of the industry. If this is something you've created, make it something that can be shared to anyone. For I would say put it out there for free for any developer to use. Yeah. Or at a very, very cheap price if you want to license it out. But get it out there because it's only good for you. Because if you turn around and say, right, more people can play games. We've made these accessibility options. More people can play games. More people are liable to then play your games because they're getting used to playing games. Because if I didn't know what I could play, like as it is, there's a couple of PlayStation games that have all these full accessibility options. Am I willing to buy a PlayStation 5 for the opportunity of maybe playing three or four games? No, I'm not. But would I be willing to buy a PlayStation 5 if I was able to play nigh on every single game that went on there? Well, of course I might. I might do that. Yeah. Um, and, it's, you know, that's what it is. And if you're licensing it for a small amount, you might go, I'll tell you what, instead of paying for it, you put it in and we get whatever percentage of any profit. So if all this licensing stuff works, I don't know. But whatever you do, do that. You're going to get money from all the games that use it. So do that. Do it. Get it out there. And yeah. then maybe open source it. Allow other people to build into it. Because as, as I've said before, right, what, what is good for me might not be good for someone else. And for someone who's deaf, right, I, I, I think I said, like, why don't you use the... Um, the trackpads on the Steam Deck or like on the on the uh, Switch, the uh, the uh, the HD Rumble stuff, to use that as a way of communicating sound. Do that, but that's not anything you can do. But someone might know how to do that or try and do that and develop it, and then it's something that can be put in everywhere. The, the more you bring this stuff to the fore, the more it will be developed, and the better it is. Um, it's great, great strides. And I don't want to say like I'm about to have a go at Sony because what Sony have done, what Insomniac have done, um, whoever the team is behind this accessibility package that they're doing deserves all the praise they get because it's opened up a game that I would have otherwise had to have skipped completely. Um, so, brilliant. Well done, Sony. Well done, Insomniac. More of this, please. Yeah, it's... Uh it's one of those, like you say, if it, if it got scaled out to other platforms or to other games, that would be fantastic. I, was, I just did stick on Roller Drone before to see about the accessibility, and th there isn't really anything. There's a high contrast text mode for subtitles, but that's it. And there's hardly any subtitles in the game anyway. They barely ever appear. Um, there's no way to change the visuals, which, you know, as you say, we're not criticising the artists or the designers or anything for that. It's the, It really is kind of like the, the publishers. It's kind of their yeah. responsibility to say, we'll stump up the money for a third party or for you to put these things in and, and make them work. And yeah, it, it, it really would be great. It really would be great because you're narrowing your subset. Yeah, you're creating a subset of people who can play it. And even though that subset is the majority, that still doesn't make it right, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, I imagine when it comes to shading and sort of putting actual visuals to your wireframes and everything, you use a naming structure that's obviously not the same as, but it's a similar structure to like HTML and CSS. So like if I wanted to, for example, go, right, I need to do high contrast stuff for this website um, and I need the, the headers to always be uh, like on a black background um, 
because I need those to stand out for people with visual impairment. Um, or I want people to be able to turn that on. I would have a thing, right, if this button is clicked, then these elements are this background with this colour text. Um, and the background of the site is this colour. Now, I would imagine it's a very similar thing when it comes to building a game. Where you could say, right, if this element equals this, grayscale. We, we, we take out, we desaturate it, take the colour out of it. Um, if this element equals player one, for example, I don't know what they would name the wireframe for a character, but the, if, if element equals player one, everything is dark blue. That Surely it's just like, I don't want to say as simple as that, but it's along those lines, which suggests to me it could be done via a plugin. Where if Sony like or whoever does this builds this and goes look here's a character silhouette plugin, or a background desaturation plugin that could go right plug that into your game. How does it work out the box? Might need to do some tinkering, but that would take out surely a lot of the work for the developers in working out how to put it in. If someone could develop a way for a plugin to put in and go right, what's the name of your characters or your, your actual main elements what are you calling these bits and can we find a way of doing a lot of the legwork for you i'm not saying this could be done tomorrow or even this year but i'm saying that the development of it has to start now so that in the next few years that's when games are made they look at a naming convention the plugin goes in and does all the legwork for them yeah that would be great uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I would say. I've got just one, that was mainly to praise Sony, to praise Spider-Man, to praise, to praise Insomniac. And it's great to see more and more accessibility settings coming in. And when it happens with a big game, it shows that there can be innovation up the top as well. Um, yeah. It's money. It is money for them. They know that you know Sony have worked out that if they can get people with disabilities to play their games, they get more money. And that's what I'm okay with the corporate side doing stuff for money when it benefits everyone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... Um, also, fuck Nintendo, by the way. <laughs> Why? What have um, they done now? Oh, they've uh, Ubisofted it. Um, sexual abuse of their QA teams in America. Oh, so, yeah. Fuck, yeah. Fuck, fuck Nintendo. Sort that one out, Bowser. <laughs> um, yeah. Doug Bowser, that yeah, is not, obviously not. not. Bowser. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah, because he's probably got a weird history of sexual misconduct with his uh, kidnapping and yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway, we, talk, we were talking about the fo- yeah, we were talking about the uh, fictional character Bowser then. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean Doug Bowser might have who knows. Uh, allegedly <laughs> joking, oh, not real satire. Um, but sort that out because you know I know corporations aren't good, but I don't want to put you on the Ubisoft list. Um, no, I, you've made so many games I love. I don't want to have to go. Nah, no more. Um, sort it out. Yep. Uh, because if you don't, I will stop. You know, I will go down that line, and I will say, "Fuck Nintendo!" Every time a Ubisoft game comes out, like I do with like every time a Nintendo game comes out, like I do with Ubisoft, I may be one person, but the more people that do it, the more they're going to have to start changing. Um, yeah. But anyway, la. And breathe. Yes. <laughs> I, got, I, I, I overpraised the corporation too much, so obviously I had to whew, sort that out the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. The yin and yang kind of thing. 
Yes. Uh, no, I'm not going to mention the other stuff that I've got in my head because we said about trying to keep this one short and this would be a long rant. So no, I'm not going to say anything. So I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so not much to say this week other than follow us on all the socials. Join our Discord if you fancy. Join our Patreon because we have you know competitions going on at various tiers and you can win some great stuff check that out and in the meantime stay safe and stay sane